You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, we've talked on this podcast before about how husbands and wives can work together to run your home well. That's our default parent episode, if you'll remember that. Mm-hmm. That was a great one. And one of my favorites. And in that default parent episode, we identified something called invisible work. And that's all the behind the scenes stuff. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. <laughs> The things that keep the house running, though, it's hardly ever noticed and rarely valued. Yep. So if the toothpaste never runs out, you know what invisible work is. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. That episode is so full of ideas about how you and your husband can negotiate the division of labor in your home. And so we highly recommend you go back and listen to that in conjunction with our conversation today. Yeah, because most women do still handle the bulk of the home's invisible work. True story. Which is basically three categories. There's the mental load, which is that mental to-do list that you keep for all the family tasks where you're juggling constant details and you get stressed out and tired and start forgetting things. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I know. About. I know. I, I, what time did you get here today? <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was a little late for recording this episode. I admit it. I don't even have kids at home anymore. I know. So I have no. Now we just have middle age. I can blame it on that. <laughs> Then there's the second shift, which is the domestic stuff that you do before you go to work and even longer after you get home. So your day just seems to lengthen, Mm -hmm. seems more than 24 hours sometimes. Yep. And then there's the emotional labor, which is just maintaining relationships like thank you notes, teacher gifts, soothing the meltdowns, caring for children, taking care of kissing the the boo-boos, the people in your life. Yep. Yep. Well, it's a little surprise that women who handle these tasks without help Report feeling overwhelmed and empty. I think we've all felt that to some extent. Mm-hmm. I, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All of this responsibility <clears throat> leads to feelings of stress and just a lack of joy about life, uh, which is not how it should be. It's not how it's meant to be. And those issues can lead to mental health problems, depression, anxiety. Yeah. And also women who reported um, doing lots of invisible work around the house without help were less satisfied in their relationships. No surprise, because you're constantly mad at your husband. Right. Resentful, all that (laughs) stuff's building up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition, that's why we just have set you up for this interesting conversation we're going to have, because Mm -hmm. we want you to talk to your husbands about splitting responsibilities. And that that default parent episode is gold for that. Mm -hmm. But today we want to talk about systems and life hacks that can help both of you keep your household running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. So today we're going to talk with Laura Hernandez about some tried and true systems for moms who want to bring peace and joy to their homes and have more time for themselves. So welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, we're excited to have you here. Um, and you have such an interesting bio. I just want you to do it because I think I will not do it justice. So tell us about yourself, your family, and kind of how you got into this life hacks and systems. Yes. Yeah. So my husband and I have 10 kids. And Wait, say that again. How many? How many? <laughs> this is where I hold up both of my hands. Ten. <laughs> ten. I do this often. People are like, what'd you say? <laughs> ten. Ten. We have ten children. 
Um, and our oldest is 16 and our youngest is three. And in one year we went from having four kids to having eight kids. And along with that, we had a cross country move and we're living through a remodel and, um, it was kind of mad chaos. And three of our little buddies that we added to our family, we did not know at the time, but they had special needs. And so, um, there was just a lot going on. We had five little people, four and under all in diapers. And then for a hot minute, we had their younger sibling come and live with us as well. And so that was six, four and under all in diapers. Um, and it, it was just, it was a lot. And I remember just kept talking myself to bedtime. If I could just make it to bedtime, we'll be okay. They'll be safe in their cribs. Everyone will be alive. Um, there was just so much pressure to keep it. I mean, to keep everyone alive. I realize that sounds very minimal, but no, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. Some days are like that. That's a win on some days. That is a win. Like, yeah. My husband was home too. He was working okay. um, from home. And because we were a foster, the three that we added were from foster care. And so we had to, we had to foster them for a year before they could be adopted. They had to be in our home for a year. Oh. And so there were some like regulations of like how many adults to how many kids and like the ratios and stuff. So we had a helper during that time, but um, she was not the most helpful. And so it felt like another child that I was taking, <laughs> which is never, right. you know, that's just never good. Um, anyway, it was during that time that I was like, okay, we've got to figure this out because I, I did not like living that way. I did not like just hoping to make it to bedtime. You know, I really wanted to be imparting things on my kids and teaching them things and um, just enjoying them all together. And so I, started reading and read books and about large families, about adoptive families, you know, read blogs, listen to podcasts, all the things, but nobody had a system for our family with eight kids, with all these babies, with therapists in and out of our homes and caseworkers in and out of our homes. Like nobody had written anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Now that's shocking. Um, so the whole thing just felt very like, I don't know what to do. Like nobody's, nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody has the experience to tell me what to do. And so the fact I finally that you had like, the bandwidth to even read books at all I know. during that you time read a book is well, impressive to me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that I should get an award for that. Yes. The diaper changing that many kids in diapers. I can't even imagine that alone is enough. Yeah. But yeah. so you created systems then create a process that helped us create stuff that worked for our family. And kind of through that, I realized that every family is so unique and no family can have a one size fits all system. And so that same process of figuring out what's important and what you want to prioritize is across the board um, helpful for any family. So now I get to coach moms and help them figure out the same. Okay. So what do you mean by a system? You know, everybody's got a routine and the way they want things done or whatever. No, you know, they don't. You know this, like, you know, we have our like loosey goosey friends who are like the routine word makes them like all itchy. And if you say they have to like wash the dishes, a certain yes. you know, rhythm of life, they don't want to do it. Some families, yes. But in general, we all know you have to have the house running. So you have to have meals on the table and you got to have laundry, but laundry. Yeah, that's optional. You'd be like <laughs> really, really out of control. And I, I'm thinking laundry. Like the little teeny pieces of like the teeny, teeny socks, socks and the teeny <laughs> everything yes. little and it's just I can't even imagine your laundry how that would have been so so if you're saying you've got a 
a way to triage what's important to you, how to make a system for your family. It's not necessarily we're going to run our houses like you do with a, with 12 people. Absolutely not. And I would caution you not to, because that's not necessarily what's the things that I've said that are important to me are not what's important to you and your kids in your home are nothing like my kids in my home. So your kids may be capable of way more than mine and vice versa. Okay. Um, yeah. Ages and maturity levels and all of that. Yeah. Makes a Personalities, every, everything, husband's work schedule, your husband, if you have one, if you don't, if he's helpful, if he's not, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Sometimes my husband is just helpful just by being in the room. He's not the most hands-on husband. And so, and like, he's just not one to get up and like help do dishes or anything like that. And so, um, which, you know, we all wish that he would don't hear me say, <laughs> I don't want him doing that. I just, <laughs> he's just, he's just not. And so I, I find it helpful. Guys, His level of helpfulness is sitting occur. in there and just being a presence that I can say, you need to go talk to your dad right now. And that's, that's helpful for me that he's just present there that I can send children his way. All that to say, everything about our lives is very different. So I, I define a system as anything that's taking the brain work out of it for you. Mm. Okay. Um, because we are all living such lives that are just going constantly and the mental load you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, love, I call that decision fatigue because we're constantly making these decisions. I mean, all day long of like, what shirt should I wear? What, I mean, from the moment you get up, you're making a million decisions. And so whatever we can cut down decision-wise for you is ideal. And that's where I I place the system. So whether that's a routine, whether that's delegating something out to somebody, um, whether that's like having an alarm set to remind you to do something, like all of those things are systems that you can put in place in your home that will help your home run smoother. Great. Okay. Well, give us a, for example, take a, take a category that you felt out of control in when you had all this going on in your house and you said, all right, this one area is a priority to me, whatever, whatever that is for you. How did you make that one area into a system that worked? Yeah. Um, I have lots of examples. We'll start with the one thing that I said that it was most important to me that I was slacking on every day and was not doing. Um, I, I would have hands down died on the hill that scripture memory is like the most important thing to me. Like I want my kids to know that. And I want them to know the word inside and out. And I want them to like, if one day we live in a country that's like a, like Nebuchadnezzar kind of country mm-hmm. and there's no more Bibles. Like I want them to know the word. I don't that, that makes hill. my heart so happy, Laura. <laughs> I love scripture memory too. I love mm-hmm. it. It's your girl. Yep. Okay. So, okay. You got me on the edge of my seat here. So tell me what well, you- I- I mean, I would say that was the most important thing to me. And at the same time, it was like, we weren't doing any of it. Like mm-hmm. nothing in our day, would you have looked at it and been like, oh yes, scripture right. memory is so important <laughs> to them. I think so yeah. many people can relate to it so hard right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what did you do? Um, so we, I mean, so every day we eat, it's kind of a thing around here. And every day <laughs> yeah. at lunch, I'm when here. we would get together at the table, um, that's when I decided to be really intentional with the things that I wanted to teach them that were just kind of falling off the wayside. So scripture memory and praying for other countries was like really big for me. And we had to like create a space for that in our day. And that sounds so little, but it was so big for me to kind of realize like, I'm, it's not just going to magically happen. Mm -hmm. Like we've really got to carve out this time. And so when we sit down at the table, we have a little box and it's our table time box. And 
it has countries for us to pray for, and it has characters of character traits of God. And we have a little catechism book that we read through called truth and grace and um, just different things that I'm like, these are really important things. We have them all in one space. So when we sit down for lunch, we eat lunch and we kind of work through our little box. So it's, an and it's, it's, already, it's there. already there. Already there. And so we're already intentional with it before we even sit down. Um, so it's taking planning on the front end to kind of get those things together and to figure out that, A, that's important. And B, like it needs to happen. And when's it going to happen? And when's the best time for it to happen? All those things. Um, but after it's in place, it's so life-giving to have to have that ritual is a part of your day. So once you started doing that, so tell me what changed for you. I think, I mean, this may sound silly, but I'm like, that's my job as a mom. Like that's <laughs> yes to keep people alive. But I, I feel very strongly that I, it's our job to disciple our people. And I fall short so often. Like I'm not great at this. So please don't, please don't hear me bragging. Cause that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I, but I, I do believe strongly that that is our job as mamas. And that was the first time that I felt like, okay, I'm doing a good job with that. Like, not that we want it to be a checking the box thing, but at least there was a box there. <laughs> if you don't create it ahead of time, like you said, you're, you're, you're aiming for nothing really. So I'm curious when you're sitting there doing that, a lot of people can, certain personalities can hear that and say, okay, lunchtime is going to be it, whether that's for your family or not. Maybe it's dinner, maybe it's breakfast, whatever, but mealtime is a good idea. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to have that on my table. I love that example. But then when lunchtime comes, you know, especially with that many players in the game, somebody's going to have a skinned knee. Somebody's going to not like their lunch. Something's going to happen at lunchtime that derails your master plan. And I think some personalities can be um, legalistic about that and say, no, 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 this is our scripture time. Like no time for feelings, no time for conversation. No fun here. <laughs> yes. Get to memorizing. Right now, right <laughs> for India before you eat that next box <laughs> sandwich. That's right. Well, how would you address that? <laughs> That's really funny because I feel <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Everyone be quiet. We're going to pray. Stop praying. You know? Yes. And then you just have to laugh at it because it's so it's so funny to me. And I so I really have to think about Jesus. I have to think about Jesus a lot because I'm, I just get so caught up in myself. And um, I'm not going to cry about it for sure. Mm. Here we go. So I, because I, I get this way whenever people interrupt me when I'm having my time with Jesus. And um, I get really ticked off that they're interrupting me when I'm reading. Right. Don't they know that right. this is so important? Anyway, so I, I literally have to think about Jesus saying, let the little children come to me. And I like scoop them up and let the little children come to me because I'm like, that's what, this is what Jesus would want right now. Um, like there's definitely a both and there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much grace. Um, I think the joy of having so many interruptions in such a big family is just learning. Nothing is ever going to go as you have planned, like ever, ever. When you get that example of like a skinny and I'm like, no, any system we put in place, it will never go exactly how you have planned. And that's okay. I mean, all of it is okay. I love because that you said that right up front. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we're, our goal is to get it done. Like I, I work with, um, with moms and we put in, like batch working systems where we talk about doing laundry and certain things on certain days. Right. And 
I mean, hands down, you're doing these systems and you have laundry day. And so my laundry day is on Thursday. And that's when we get all of our laundry done. But like 50 other times, kids pee in their beds and I have to wash sheets on those other days. And you know what? It's okay. I'm keeping everything else for this day. So I'm still prioritizing this, but I'm flexible with everything else, you know? Okay. So let's talk about that because laundry is the big monster that it like all the young moms that we talk with and work with, a lot of them have trouble keeping up with the laundry. Let's be honest. A lot of just young married couples with no children have trouble keeping up the laundry. My two children, uh, it's been so funny to watch them in their young married years. Laundry is a real negotiation because it's real easy to stick it in the washing machine. But from that point forward, <laughs> it is anyone's guess what's going to happen next and, and what timing. And how long it's going to stay in that wet washing machine. Yeah. Or how long it's going to stay in the dryer and just the cold, crumpled, wrinkly mess yep. that it becomes. Yep. So let's let's talk about something like just uh, yeah. laundries or meals and things like that. So how do you triage that? How do you build a system? With the batch thing you were mm-hmm. saying. What yeah, is that? So, batch. Yeah. So batch working is when you do like tasks in a chunk of time. So you typically would like to batch your grocery shopping. Like in an ideal world, you're batching your grocery shopping. You're doing your one grocery run or one grocery order for the week at one time, opposed to going to the grocery store every meal to get whatever you need for that one meal. Right. Mm -hmm. It's huge time waster if you're doing that and making all those trips you're wasting money you're wasting gas you're wasting your time which is the most valuable thing you can offer at the moment um so when you group it all together like that makes logical sense right mm-hmm. on this same it makes logical sense that you do like tests together in your home so when i'm doing laundry we have a laundry day thursday is my laundry day that's the day i'm going in there switching in and out laundry I have a timer set. So I'm just focused on laundry that day. I'm not cleaning anything else. I'm not doing anything else like household wise because I'm just focused on laundry. And I realize I'm going to keep saying that over and over again, because the whole thing is just, you're just focused on that one thing that day. Because if you don't do that, you put stuff in and maybe on Tuesday and you're like, Oh crap. I don't, I think I started that load and Oh shoot. We got to go wash it again. Yeah, because now it's mildewy, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not even paying attention to what's going on. But when you have that focus plan of doing one thing one day, you have to stay on top of it. Like you're you're focused on that, and your attention's not divided in fifty areas of the house. But you can really um, buckle down and do that. All right, so you're running the laundry play, but are you like? I know that was one of the first things I involved my younger kids sorting socks, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. Do you do you delegate? Yeah. So it's kind of a married system here because we also delegate a lot to our kids. So um, they're all in charge of bringing their laundry to the laundry room. I'm not going around collecting clothes at all. I will help with the younger ones. I'll help them get it started and switch it out. But I even like want them to help me with that. I want them to see we do one scoop of this. We put one Tide Pod in, we get it started. Like you press the play button. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. So we're already doing that training. Like really, I mean, my three-year-old helps me with that all the time. So really young, they're starting with that. Um, I help switch things out. And then we have laundry baskets that they go in and then they can go put their clothes away. I don't fold clothes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I know. 
Tell me more. <laughs> How do you not pull clothes? Well, I just don't. <laughs> I love that y'all are so amazed by this. Radical they used center. to fold their laundry. Hold on, hold please. I heard this. I don't Wait a second. We're, I'm having a hard time just letting that sink. I, Let that settle a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you don't, okay. You don't fold clothes. What? Okay. Go forward. Sorry. We were talking too much. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, I, so we have our three special needs little buddies and we have a lot of kids that are about the same age. There was a time when like six boys were sharing one closet. And so everybody just kind of had a tub of clothes and I would go in there and they will have taken their tubs and dumped them all out all over the floor. And I'm like, I don't know what's clean. I don't know what's dirty. I don't know. Like, so then they're left to sort it through and like trying to figure out where I mean, it was just a disaster. The whole thing was a disaster, but I would be so frustrated. I, mean, I just remember being so angry at all these little people because I just spent three hours folding everyone's laundry. Mm. It would infuriate me. Mm. I mean, it would make me so angry. I didn't know I had that kind of rage in me. Just to uh, we like, don't know oh, anything about rage and anger. No, no. that's not our perception <laughs> at all. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a vicious rumor. It's finally like I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm not. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not giving that satisfaction to the rage that does yeah. not need to be there. Like they're going to stuff their clothes in there anyway, and then they're going to go through and mess them all up and then put them back in. And we're just not doing that. So I don't fold any kids' laundry. My older ones care about it a little bit. And so like my oldest one, she folds her clothes. Uh-huh. Awesome. Nobody else. So they just so, wear what they got. So yeah, whatever's in the bin that they've just put in the bin from the dryer, mm-hmm. just go through it. Yeah. So you no. cannot have you like a bin, like you cannot have 70 outfits for every child in this system. Like it's just too much. That's another thing. It's like we have too much stuff and then it gets hard to mm-hmm. So what, so what kind of volume are we talking here? Laundry basket? Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Um, we now have more space. And so everybody kind of has their own, they're able to expand a little more than their two little bins that they used to have. But um, I've made, we've made it really simple for them with like pictures on, on the baskets, on the things so that they can put away their laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm not, I'm not having to put it away. Like they, it's organized still where they can find what they need, but they're the ones doing the organizing. Right. I you know, love that. the picture is a great idea. The pictures are great for little kids. Yes. But to be honest, I have a 23 year old and he wears the same six outfits. He's got a closet full of nice clothes and he will wear the same six t-shirts and shorts over and over and over and over again. Why do we have all the rest? I'm not really sure. So what they really need and what they will actually wear is actually very little. Yeah. So true. Kids do not care. Unless, you know, middle school, high school age, yeah. Yeah, then they care a yeah. little more. But if they do, then I, then it's up to them mm-hmm. to take care of it and fold it and have it how you want it. Wow. Yeah. Love so that. So we do about seven outfits for, like, for our ones that don't have a say over it. Like, my daughter, I'm like, you can do whatever. I don't care. And kind of my big boys, too. You can do whatever you want. You know. Yeah, limits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but our little ones, I'm like seven. You just you don't need more than seven pairs of shorts during the summertime and seven pairs of pants during the wintertime. Because you're doing laundry every Thursday, Thursday, because you know that's right. It'll uh, last. It'll last. You'll always refresh them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Great. What about this? Is my big nemesis, and I think for a lot of 
not you so much, Renee. You were really good about this. You're talking about food, aren't you? Meals. (laughs) Yes. I understand the, the one grocery shopping trip. I would do that because I hated going to the grocery store. What a pain having to lug your kids and in and out of the car and the car seats and all that stuff. And if you're not in the U S maybe you can't do just the one grocery haul. Maybe you don't have a car and you walk to the local market every day. That's common. Um, but just talking about middle Tennessee area. So yeah, I was a terrible meal planner. I would just sort of think in my head and with two little kids, you know, your brain is fractured. And so, like you said, your thoughts are scattered. I didn't generally write things down except for a list every now and then. And inevitably I'd forget one or two things on that ingredient list and generally cook the same four or five interchangeable meals over and over and over again. Cause I was not very creative. Which but that's okay. They're fine you were with cooking at but, home, and that's and like they were. You were you're a good cook, so I'm sure they were getting good food. They were, but it wasn't my but favorite. You were, but thing. you were probably stressed. Is what is your oh point yeah? And many it. many yeah. days, I would get to four or five o'clock and mm-hmm. think, oh no, I didn't pull that out of the freezer, or oh no, mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? And you can't just go out. You can't every time you do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless you, if you want to remain solvent, right? So what do you do? What did you do to solve that with your extra large family? Yeah. So I, I used to plan meals and we would have just to take the decision fatigue out of the meal planning process. Um, I kind of had the same repertoire of meals that I know that my kids like that I'm, that are easy for me. Mm-hmm. And we have a cycle of like, okay, Tuesday is taco Tuesday. So on Tuesdays, we're going to be doing quesadillas. We're going to be doing tacos. We're going to be doing something that's of the Mexican category, right? Mexican food category. Um, and then Monday was my crock pot meals because we knew that was our co-op day. And so I would start it before. So we always had that plan for, for mm-hmm. Mondays. But I have to tell you, I really need to start getting a paycheck from these people is what I really need to do. <laughs> I am obsessed with emails. I don't really need to show you on my phone because nobody can see it, but it's a new app. It's E-M-E-A-L-S. Kind of like emails, but emails. Okay. All right. Meal planning. Okay. They've made this so easy for you. So you can go in and it's like a subscription. So it's like $70 a year, but it's so worth it. You will hands down save that as your meal planning. <laughs> um, every week they have like seven new meal choices and you can go through and be like, oh yeah, I like this one, this one, and this one. Automatically all the ingredients are then added to your grocery list in your grocery app. So for me, that's walmart.com. It pulls up my Walmart app. and all of the ingredients for the meals I've selected go over to my Walmart app. And if I already have something, I can like decline it or not add it or whatever. But my grocery shopping is then done. Like I've meal planned and grocery shopped. In two clicks or something. In 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 So you groceries are delivered the next day. It's delivered. Okay. That was something we did not have. Delivery. Like it started when my kids were in upper elementary, you could pay $5 to have them shop for you. And you, you drove and picked it up. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I was like, I and I'm like, I am all about that. And mm-hmm. now it's even better. Yeah, delivered. Like the, I think it's angels. They deliver your groceries to your front doorstep. There they are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So modern conveniences, modern technology. There is an awesome help. Yeah. In yeah. the way of meal planning. That's great. That yeah. I mean, now that I wouldn't like that because I like to come up with my own 
like I like to look through the cookbooks. And so my system would be different, but it was still a system. Cause I remember even with just my two, Laura, standing in my kitchen one afternoon, about to cry at a baby and a four-year-old. And um, because I did not know what I was going to cook, there were toys all over the den floor. David was almost home. I was tired. And I like looked up to the heavens and told God, <laughs> never again. This is never happening again. I'm going to plan meals for the rest of my life. And so <laughs> there I went and I would, I would plan, I would plan two weeks at a time. So the Sproles family had some fresh produce week one, but week two, it was either like frozen or canned or whatever, because it was, it was two weeks worth. I would go to the store, shop for it, bring it back. And that was our two weeks worth. And I had a printout and we just marked off the list, you know, mm -hmm. got down and, and there we go. Okay. Yeah. So you just got to have, you, but that, you bring your priorities to it and you got to do that up yeah. front, just, a, just a little mm -hmm. bit up front of what staples do you have to kind of have on hand and what meals are my generally going to rotate through? And I found, I spend so much less when I shop oh, uh, for my groceries online in my house. Do you yeah. find that Laura? I do. Yeah. And I, cause I often I'll get to the, you know, you have to pay the $99 a year for delivery. And I'm like, man, what if we could save that $99? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know, I would spend 200 if I went to the store right now and we don't <laughs> need to think. So um, I know myself well enough to know that I will definitely spend a lot more if I actually go to the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how about delegating in this category? Do your older kids take a night sometimes and do meals and all that or help? Yeah. So um, it depends on the kid and depends on the delegating. So I feel like delegating is partly I'm delegating to a driver to come deliver. Oh, my, yeah. My mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's a big piece of it for me. Um, I don't really mind the cooking. I yeah. do yeah. mind the dishes yeah. and the cleanup. And so that's where they come in. And <laughs> that's and what I forget about that. That is yes. part of the whole meal yes, process. Yes. It's not just, Hey, let's sit down and here's this meal, but it's the shopping, the ingredients, mm -hmm. the thinking of it, the mm -hmm. cooking and the cleanup, which yes. everybody's like, Oh, okay, we're done. Bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no. So David and I did this negotiation without yes. kids too. I was like, I do love to cook, but I really, I don't like to clean up. And I wasn't very good at efficiently cooking and cooking neatly. You know, you're kind of messy when you're first learning to cook. So he would, he would wash and I would cook and we'd be in there together and he'd keep it, you know, cleaned as we, as we went. So it took me a little bit longer to learn how to manage without him there once the lives changed and I was home with two children I was still such a messy cook I'm like who did all this what is wrong there's so many dishes here I was like oh yeah David's not here to do all the dishes uh. so that's a great point is um is to have your children pitch in and help do clean up and so you and can't have just like laundry day is Thursday. You can't have really dishes day is what the Wednesday. You kind of have you to have keep to up with it. that yeah. all the time. Yeah. We go through a lot of dishes at our house. Um, and I also think that delegating on the front end of meals is really great too. So if that is like, Hey, can you come brown this meat for me or whatever? Like I call kids in and they can come help with those things, but it's not necessarily a set thing. But the things that are set are setting the table. Like who's putting silverware on the table. That's a set thing every night. Same kids doing that, same kids putting out drinks. So if we don't have drinks on the table, we know that yeah. Andrew's on his job and Andrew needs to Andrew. Right. Andrew. Looking at you, Andrew. A violation. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Okay. Oh, that's really awesome. So, so wait, who does the dishes? Yeah. So my daughter is in charge. She has like weird sensory. And so she doesn't like doing the dishes. She doesn't like touching things. So she is in charge. She's like, I will never, if, if I can unload the dishes all the time and you let me never touch a dirty dish again, I will be so happy. And I'm like, okay, fine. So anytime the dishes are done, she's unloading. Like okay, that's her, right. her go-to. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then kind of my two older boys are the ones that I have load. And then I'll also, I'll load too sometimes, you know, I feel like just whatever, whatever stage you're in, there's something to make your life easier where you are. And so figuring that out is like a big, it's a big thing. Like it's, it's life-changing once you figure out all these little things that you can put in place. And I think that even, um, you know, when families that have to be really careful with their spending, um, as we did in those young years, especially, I just automatically defaulted to, I'm sure we can't afford that. And I didn't actually always weigh like, what might I be spending if mm-hmm. I'm going to the store versus paying for that delivery service or something like that, where um, you might be able to make it work more than you think. You just need to take the time. Like you said, do do some decision making on the front end and look at your budget. And then you're now you do not have to think through that anymore. Now it is a system. Now you know, oh yeah, now I've paid my $99. I'm good for the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. That decision is made. And so I just encourage moms who are listening, if they think, oh no, like that's, you know, that's something I can't afford. Maybe not, you know, just, just see, we need to, we need to put it all on the table and, and really look at it. But I think you have to also consider what is that worth to you yes. in terms of your mental load? Yes. Your fatigue, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's worth over the long haul mm-hmm. of years with little children. That is worth a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, what does it, it cost is. to go to a therapist? 150 right. for one hour? Exactly. <laughs> so yes. there you go. Yes. And it's worth the kind of person, the kind of different person uh, that you are with your children when you're, when that's off your plate mm-hmm. um, and you have all that extra time for them. Yeah. All that much nicer person for them. Uh-huh. Nice mommy. Comes because out. you don't have to think about happy mommy. Yes. Unstressed mommy. Yes. So maybe you're not paying an in-home nanny, you know, or a night mm-hmm. nurse or a sh- personal chef and gardener or whatever, but you're allocating this little bit mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. personal worth or ask for it for Christmas. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so you are constantly training your children to pitch in um, as as the years go on, and I think this is one of the be- most beautiful things. I love this about big families. Yeah, because you have built in trainers. Yes, it is true. Um, yeah, I mean, my daughter. I, I feel like she she kills it. You know, I'm often like, maybe you should be the mother around here. I don't, <laughs> don't really what I'm doing, and you're so kind and patient with them, and I'll. I'll be like so frustrated at a kid and she comes in, she's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, oh, great. But yeah, that it is just a beautiful thing to watch. Like your older ones kind of take them under your wing and under their wing and teach them the ropes and be compassionate towards them and understanding towards them. That's a really sweet thing. Yeah. And I think it means a lot when little ones watch the older ones who they admire and aspire to be doing these things. I mean, if gosh, my big brother's doing that. Well, I want to, I want to help. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's just that much more. It means more sometimes from a sibling. It can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If mom or dad says to do it. Sure. Just like when David and I taught the high school class when we were 22, 
<laughs> we were teaching the high school class at church and they just came to us with all their questions. And we we're like, we actually don't really know much more than you all is what we're thinking. We're four years ahead of you. But that sometimes that's exactly what you need. Yeah. Just a little, just a little bit ahead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, um, how do you manage like the school stuff in terms of all the papers and the backpacks and all of that? How do you tame that beast? Yeah, we've got to, I mean, you got to figure that one out, don't you? Cause it's a lot. Um, we have a space. I think having a designated space for things is like very important. So we have a space right by our front door where when kids walk in the door, they hang up their backpacks and they will typically bring me all of their papers that they're so excited about. So I just have them stack them right there on the counter. And as they're kind of debriefing their day, I'll kind of go through and be like, I've gotten five of this paper now that it's about the, the winter glow ball that's sitting right here. Um, I have five of them and they're the exact same. So I will take the majority of all of those papers, probably 99% of the papers go straight into the trash. Can we just pause at that? Like I got there, like my kids would say, you got there. No problem. You were throwing away stuff right and left, but it is hard when your little dear precious one has put some, something onto paper, it feels uncaring to throw it away. It can to some of us feel uncaring. Do they let, do they see you do that? I didn't always have a problem with it. It was them seeing me do it. You know, you have to kind of be discreet about it. And um, I, there's a lot of papers that come home that are just like typed up. I'm like, keep wanting to show you this piece of paper, which y'all don't care about. Um, that are just like typed up from the PTA, like yes. write a check, donate, whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need eight of these. Like, we're just, we're not doing that. Like we're throwing them all away. Their artwork is a different story. I think that if it's something that is, you know, I had six pieces of Paw Patrol papers on my counter yesterday that were like, they just scribbled all over and they were so attached to them. But I'm like, like, you're not going to, when you're 20, look back and think, oh, I wish I had those pieces of paper. Right, right. <laughs> so throwing those away, the little ones have like their handprints or something really yeah. sweet and artistic. I'm saving those, keeping those in their boxes. So each kid has a box. It's a clear box. It's limited in space um, so that it's not, it's not going to take over our house. It's not a huge chest of things. Like they don't, Right. I, my mom brought me a big chest of things. And I'm like, what do I do? Oh, <laughs> you kept it for 30 years. And now I'm like, I don't know. I don't want it though. Like, I don't even know. I know that my kids aren't going to want all of their artwork from forever. So narrow a lot of that down by if it's really unique and has like their sweet little hands on it or something that's really, really unique to them, then I will put it aside and we'll put it in their box. Um, but other than that, it's just going in the trash. Yeah. I think that's so the, the limited space thing is such a good, just a mental reminder mm -hmm. for you. Okay. I've got one box, so I mm -hmm. have to be very selective. Mm -hmm. And if that box is starting to get full and I have five years of school left, Maybe I should go back and reselect. Something. I was just thinking now you have to go back. Okay, you hold the two pieces up. Which one's better? Yeah. Which one do I love more? Marie Kondo it. Which right. one brings me joy? <laughs> yes, that is so, so good. And the same, I have a one box for each of mine. And uh, so I've got like maybe two little outfits that I thought were sweet that they can pass on to their kids if they want to. And some artwork you know, a couple things like that, maybe a story they wrote when they were older, things like that, but it's one box. They will thank me later. 
I know they, they think will. I'm ice queen, but mm-hmm. they will thank me later. No, they will. And they probably won't even want that box. I mean, yeah, I know. No I know. You're yeah. Right. I yeah. used to keep like all of their teeth <laughs> as they fell out, mm-hmm. which is gross. <laughs> I don't have those anymore. Oh, I, was, I didn't know if you were serious or not. Oh, I, I was, was serious. I was because I found our teeth in my mother's drawer. And I'm like, oh, we're supposed to keep teeth. I didn't know that. So, okay. <laughs> they found it one day and we were going through stuff. And my kids found it and they were so disgusted and grossed out. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we don't need to keep this tradition going. Oh my goodness. Plus, the tooth, so fairy, uh, the tooth fairy is supposed to have taken care of that. And yes. yeah. Yeah. Now I have to put a disclaimer. She sent it uh, back. Do, yeah. Don't let your kids listen to this with you. You don't have to put that in. <laughs> All right. I have, I was thinking just in terms of productivity, Bonnie and I, when we were raising our kids, um, the smartphones came about halfway through. Mm-hmm. So like the first half of our child rearing years, we had, if we had a cell phone, it was not a smartphone. So it was still just used for calling and texting. So I think with smartphones now, it's a real time sucker for moms and a real, dis- it's just a real big distraction, much less like the danger and harm for children. But do you find that technology is a factor in moms just being clear-headed and productive through the day? Is is that is that something they need to put boundaries on more that or is that something that you recommend they put boundaries on? Yeah, I think it depends on on the mom that I'm working with. Um, I always want moms to kind of start out with writing down everything that they do during the day. And I think a lot of times that reveals that they spend a lot of time on their phone. And I think just that realization alone of like, yeah, I spent probably three hours on Instagram today is is a good indicator that I need probably need to change something. So I don't really need to do a lot of coaching on that end. I think that people are very aware of their habits and how much they look at a phone and are present or not present. They're amazing little things, right? Like can do your grocery shopping and your meal planning all in yeah. 10 minutes, right? It's amazing. For me, I have a few designated times in the day where I'll like look at my phone. I really don't like social media. I feel like I need to do it for business purposes, but I think just setting boundaries of like, so when I'm sitting in this chair at night after dinner, that's when I'm going to scroll through Instagram. And so it's not like every time I sit down or every time I pick up my phone, this is what I'm doing, right? Like thinking through, like, when do you really want this time to be used and what do you want it to be used for? And thinking through that and then creating a plan to stick to that, you're a lot more likely to to actually do it once you've created that plan. So that's what I recommend is just um, really getting clear about the boundaries you want to have with your phone. Like that's another decision fatigue. So if I've already decided I'm going to get on my, my email at 10 and two and five and check it, then I don't have to to wonder when I just grab my phone up, am I going to click that email icon? Because it's not two two o'clock. Yeah. And so um, the same thing with social media, like when I've just said, okay, I get one look. Doesn't like mine's not after dinner. My I'm living my best emptiness life, life, Laura. I can just look at my phone whenever I want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I get one look at Instagram or one look at Facebook. If I open it, that's your time that you're doing it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You're not going back to it later in the day. That's, that's really helpful for me to just go, Hey, I'm not. And just to be present when I'm standing in a line somewhere and just look at people. Yeah. I've started to do that on purpose because <laughs> yes, your, your addiction pulls you up and yes. I, I'm just as, as likely to do that as the next person pull out my phone. Cause that's what we do when we wait in mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. but I have started 
nope, I'm leaving that in my purse or I'm in my pocket and I'm looking at these people around me and chatting yeah. to the person in front of me. Yeah. Heaven forbid. You right. Know, yeah. Whatever. And it, it does change your day. It changes your mood mm-hmm. and your vibe and mm-hmm. your outward focus. It really does. It totally does. Just and five minutes of that. We did. That's one of the two places we did memory work was um, so driving in the car. So like audio Bible or, or whatever, I'd pull the snippet, you know, and we'd just play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, and try to memorize it or have a song that it played, played, played to. Or for me now in line, like I can, I'm or like driving, if I'm done with a podcast and I just want to like take a brain break, I, I'm like, okay, let's try to memorize this first. Mm-hmm. And you're just driving on the road and trying to, and there's so many, like, it can be such a blessing that, that as a tool, but it creeps in. Yeah. It creeps it in. It Much does. our kids. Yep. It's a whole other thing. Do you, um, do you even have a system or is it worth having a system for fun stuff? Yes. Um, I think it's spontaneous. A, I think it's a must. Well, I think that you definitely, yes, be spontaneous. Okay. Wonderful. Great. But I also think that you could spend a whole year wishing you would have taken a vacation and never do it um, or wishing that you would have started a date night and never do it. So I, I think that it's vital that you plan those things um, for the well-being of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the summertime we do, we have like family theme nights where we do different things every, every Monday night we'll do like a bake-off. And so the kids, like team up with each other and do a bake off. So at the the beginning of the summer, the kids help come up with the theme nights. And so they have buy-in to this whole thing. And then we do the theme nights and they, they absolutely love it. They love having that rhythm. They love having that routine of like fun, whatever, having a family game night or a family movie night is just a predictability for them to know that they're going to have fun with their family. I think is, I think it's really important. Yeah. And yeah, I think you need to put that in there. I love that you do that um, because when we talk about routine and systems and all that stuff, what do we start with? Laundry, meals, chores, <laughs> all the yucky stuff, signing all those papers, blah, 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 blah. And I think sometimes, because that's what we have in our heads, the yeah. list, the to-do yeah. list. And we forget to put on there the good stuff. The Date s- night. The stuff that family the fun nights. love. Yeah. yeah. So don't make sure you include um, the fun things. For sure. In your family's life. So do you yeah. schedule date nights out as well with your husband? Yeah. Every Thursday night we have date nights. So we have, his mom was coming over for a long time and she would just come over every Thursday night. We would go out to dinner and that was just kind of our night. And the kids knew the expectation is set across the board that that's what we're doing. Now my oldest is in charge of watching kids while we go out to dinner. So beautiful. I, I yeah. just think who, what, what mom listening is is going to say, well, no, once a week, date night, once a week, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, bring it on. Like, date night, I needed to be able to look forward yeah. mentally to knowing, like, I've got one-on-one time with my husband coming up. And, like, the looking forward to it was part of the pleasure mm-hmm. of knowing that that was coming. Mm-hmm. So every school year, we would just look at the calendar and go, okay, based on activities and things that are going on this night of the week would be the best night for family night. This night of the week would be the best night for date night. And so for that school year, that was what we did. And then summer was kind of more flexible. And then come August, we started over and, and I loved it. I, I, and I kind of missed that now that every night's date nights, what I say now, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I kind of miss like the looking forward to. So I've started doing that again. Is we'll plan some special date nights, and then every night is date night still. Some fun, mm-hmm. right? So you're. I'm curious. How do your kids react to that? Are they looking forward to date night too? Looking forward to mom and dad seeing mom and dad do something together. Yeah, it depends on the kid. A lot of them love grandma coming over because they can get away with anything. And then my little buddy has a lot of separation anxiety. So he does not look forward to date night and he hears grandma's coming and he like runs and hides. But for the most part, everybody, everybody enjoys it. They appreciate it. One of the things we say again and again is that it, it, your kids may act like they don't want you to do it, but it lets them know mom and dad are okay. Yeah. What they need more than anything is for mom and dad to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and the thing is, if you're not having a regular date night, like, Mom and dad are actually not going to be so okay when they're looking at 25 20 more years, years together road. and you're like, wait, who are you? We, Bonnie and I That's would right. tell you, you know, we both did a lot of this intentional stuff with our husbands and still it's disorienting yeah. when your kids leave. Even when you do all of the, even when and- you've laid, yeah, laid all the groundwork, uh-huh. it's really disorienting and hard to kind of find that new normal. So lay the groundwork and do yourselves a favor, moms. Give yourself the gift. Plus, I mean, ostensibly you liked each other, right? So you kind of <laughs> are supposed to want to do things together. Yeah, yeah. So it's not punishment. That's right. To go on a date with your dearly beloved. <laughs> it should be. We <laughs> hope it isn't. Um, she was talking to me um, before we did this interview about self-care. And so talk to us about that. How does that tie into systems? It, I, it falls right in there too. i just that intentionality of creating a plan ahead of time um, and really doing the the legwork of thinking through what's going to fill me up. What do I need in my day to show up to be the best mom I can be? Um, so for me, that's time in the morning um, with my Bible and coffee and quiet with no children. And so that means I have to get up before everybody else. So that's just built into my day because I know that I need that. What time Desperate. of day is that, Laura? Uh, 545. Okay. This is a new year for me. It's the first year I've dipped into the fives, but it's been worth it. Um, <laughs> listen, girl, I dipped yeah. into them too. And I was so mad. I was like, listen, God, this is not fair. Everybody else's kids sleep till seven <laughs> or eight. And mine do not. Mine get up at six. I don't want to get up at five. It is not fair. You know, mouthy, mouthy, mouthy. But when I started doing that, when I made that decision, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need. I need from five to six. I need time with Jesus. I need my coffee. I need quiet mm. with without, even without my dear husband, I need to be in a room by myself. Um, oh my goodness. It was a beautiful gift. It really was. And now I, now I love it. Now I'm just known like to love to get up early, even now that I don't have to. Right. You're mm. just taking the first fruits of your day, mm-hmm. putting them on that altar yeah. and then carrying yeah. on. Yeah. The rest of your day. Yeah. And, and I was really the days, even now when I skimp, um, I feel like I've cheated myself and it, it just doesn't feel as good starting the day. The whole day feels shot. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So little things like that through our, our day, but I also think I have a little self-care guide for you guys that you can share with your people, not necessarily oh, okay. for you, but um, for all your lovely little listeners. And it walks you through kind of thinking body, soul, mind, like, what do you need? What does your body need? What have you been neglecting about? yourself and your health. And, um, I think often we think of self-care as like, Oh, let's go get a pedicure or something like that. And while that is fine and dandy, I feel like there's a deeper level here of 
you've really got to take care of yourself. There's no one else looking out for you. There's no one else stepping in, showing up at your door saying, what can I do for you? How can I, how can I serve you today? Like, do you have any doctor's appointments that need to be taken care of? Let me make those appointments. Nobody's doing that. And so you have to be an advocate for yourself to take care of you so that you can be around for the long haul and you can be a good mama for the long haul for your people. Yep. I love that. So yeah, I saw that she sent us a link. We'll add that in the show notes and on the website for sure. That'd be a great resource for our listeners because I am at this season of my life, I would not say I did a great job of it in the thick of raising children, but at this season of my life, I am really understanding more and more how we really are not just flesh and bones. We are body, soul, and spirit. And we need to address each part of our humanity to Mm -hmm. really be in our best health and, and, not only be good for others, but just to enjoy life, enjoy yeah. the, the years that God gives us. Right. It's so, sh- I know it feels like it's in eternity sometimes with little kiddos, but it's really very short. It is in the scheme of things. Yep. Um, okay. There was a question on our notes that I was really interested in you answering. And that is uh, what about self-talk? How does that play into our productivity? I just thought Renee came up with that question. I thought that was, hmm. how does self-talk play into your productivity? How do you talk to yourself about your role as a wife and mom? And can that make you more or less productive? Uh, well, I, well, I know that it does because there's been studies and all of those things, right. About how we talk to ourselves and what we, what we tell ourselves in the lies that we believe and how that affects us. And so if I'm constantly believing I'm not a good mom, I'm not but I don't know what if, or whatever that lie would be. Just, I'm um, so disorganized. My house is nothing but chaos. Yeah, I'm a hot I mess. I can't get anything under control. Yeah, I'm yes. a hot mess. That's a good one. I, I've also heard it twisted into, um, well, I just care more about my kids than the house. Which, to me, I mean, I get that to one level. You don't want to be 1950s housewives that nobody can sit on the furniture and it's covered in plastic. Right. right? We don't want to be that. But I think it's just trying to soothe yourself to say, like, I've failed at keeping this house running the way it needs to be. So I'm just going to say I'm focused on my kids. It doesn't have to be either. It doesn't or. have to be either or. And and we all, like you said, like you, you triage your own desires of how, what you want your house to be like. Um, and, and what kind of system would work well for you? It's not one size fits all. Right. And what we talked about before with temperaments and children, um, with certain children's temperaments, they need order. They do not thrive and learn well in a chaotic environment. So you're not really focusing on your kids. If you have a child that needs something in the environment, they're not getting. Mm-hmm. So what do you, anyway, yeah. What would you say about that? I think stopping that immediately is, is great. And I think that that requires a lot of kind of talking to yourself and sounding like a crazy person because yes, I, I felt like a crazy person, Laura. <laughs> That's what my counselor told me to do. Tell us more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What does that sound like then? What is it? So what does that sound like? Yeah. Um, if I'm like venting to my friends or even just in my head, you know, you have dialogues going on in your head all day long, right? So if, if something comes up and I'm like, I'm I'm not very good at that. I totally let him down. He wanted me to go to the soccer game and I'm just totally making up stuff. But, and just kind of that negative, like I'm such a bad mom. I'm never there for him, whatever. No. That's not true. You're a good mom. Like, and then I'm so pretend like I'm a friend talking to myself. This yeah. is how I do it. As I look, 
If a friend was telling me these exact same words that I'm telling myself right now, would I put up with that? I'm like, oh no, I would not. I would not let you talk that way to her. And so I get really spicy when I'm talking to myself as well. So that's (laughs) fine. Um, But I I, I just, I have to, because we're our worst critics. Like we're constantly on our, like on us, how horrible we are. And I think that those, those lies are super easy to believe. And I think that's where Satan wants us and he wants us to get stuck there. And that's not who God created us to be like, yeah, we screw up, but my goodness gracious, there's so much grace. And I think we need to have that same grace with ourselves that Christ has had with us and that we should not be so proud as to think that I'm talking to myself here too, that we should not be so proud as to think that I, that I know better than Jesus and my my ability to forgive and to give grace and all of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to, to talk to ourselves. Yeah. It really can be as simple as um, just saying the opposite thing to yourself. Like I've, I'm a bad mom. No, I'm a good mom. Maybe I made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. I can, I can acknowledge that or, or not even a mistake. Maybe I did sin or in some way I can acknowledge that. And, and immediately, you know, get that cleared up get my conscience cleared up, get the truth back in, um, in place where it needs to be. Jesus's blood covers that. It, it, it covers every sin. Every, every sin is washed clean. He gives us new birth and new life through the spirit. That's the truth. And I did feel like a weirdo saying stuff like that to myself. (laughs) You're not a bad mom because you get up uh, because you don't like getting up in the night with your child. You're a good mom because you are getting up in the night with your child. Right. Yeah. Like, and I remember thinking really seriously that like, but you can talk yourself into anxiety. You can talk yourself into depression. Um, you like, and you can talk yourself out of it as well. Now, you know, if, if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, I'm also not saying that you don't do other things. Go see your doctor, take your medicine, get your exercise, like all the different components for body, soul, and spirit. Right. Yeah. But that self-talk is huge. Yeah. And that's one of the things we actually cover in, in the self-care guides, kind of the voices, because often those voices of like self-deprecating are lies that we believe from childhood. And so trying to figure those out and sort those out and seeing a counselor, seeing somebody to, to really figure out the root of those things. And then figuring out like scripture that tells you the opposite and really just embracing that and meditating on that until that penetrates all of you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Preach the gospel to yourself every day till yeah. you actually believe it. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think when you change that inner dialogue, the self-talk with yourself, you know, cutting it off right there, apologizing to yourself, even I'm sorry, self, <laughs> I, I should not have said that to you. You're worth more than, I mean, yeah. I, that sounds crazy. Uh, you no, know, it but, does. But really crazy. we would apologize to a friend. We would apologize mm-hmm. to our children, but we never apologize to ourselves. Yeah. So doing all of that, um, yeah, it changes the way well, it then bleeds over into how you speak to your children mm-hmm. as well and to how you correct them. Yeah. Um, you know, you say the same thing. Oh, you made a mistake. Oh, that's okay. Look, we can pick it back, you know, instead yes. of jumping yes. all over them because they made this mistake. Cause yeah, makes a big difference. It does. Makes a big difference. Well, how would you advise? Um, I, I love all your systems. I love all your advice. I, everything you said today is like nailing it right on the head. Love it. Um, starting out. Yeah. So our mom's listening. Yeah. They're totally overwhelmed with life. Like they feel so totally behind. They're like, I'm so, so behind. Right. 
I want to do laundry. I want to do meals like that. I want to do scriptures. Well, I want to have fun playing family playtime and, you know, all this other stuff too, and make my kids train. And the fact that I've just said all those things in one sentence makes me so overwhelmed that I don't even know where to start. Just forget it. Just forget it. I'm not going to be able to do it all. So where would you advise a mom to start if they felt like that? Well, of course, I think that they should call me. Like I think (laughs) the number one obvious choice here. Okay. Um, But I I think just really sitting down with yourself, like maybe going and getting coffee and just assessing where you feel like it's the biggest, the biggest overwhelm in your life. Okay. So if it's laundry, like how can we simplify that one thing? And maybe it's just a baby step of I'm going to have the kids bring in their laundry or I'm not going to fold their laundry. Like what is the one thing you could do to kind of move yourself forward in that direction? Um, And you can create a list of all the overwhelming things and kind of put them in a priority of what you want to deal with first and just start creating those tiny habits. And if you're interested in a full overhaul, I'm, I'm obviously here. I'd love to help you. Right. Yes, absolutely. Someone consults with you. um, Is it a multiple kind of a meeting? What's the drill? Yeah, we do a, um, like, so we do a free coaching call, which is so fun because I get to know families and uh, mamas all over the world. And that's really fun. Um, and then if they decide to move forward, it's a 90 day coaching program. And we have videos that we have pre-recorded that walk through how to, how to put systems in place in your home. Um, and we do that by assessing and then automating, eliminating, and delegating the things that drain you and prioritizing and planning the things that matter. So there's videos for all of those things. And then every week we hop on a one-on-one call and tackle different things going on in their life and different subject matters. So we kind of dissect your whole, your whole life. And that sounds kind of scary, but um, we'll talk about marriage and your kids and like what their love languages and how we can make sure that their love tanks are being filled up and um, laundry and batch working and we have this lovely thing called the ticket system that helps incentivize your kids to want to help around the house. And it's very, that feels like magic when your children are coming and saying, how can I help? What can I do? I want to earn jobs. Like I want to earn ticket jobs. You're like, Oh, I think I figured out the secret to motherhood right here. Um, <laughs> Yay. So I have that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just a overhaul of everything. We kind of slowly work through it and, um, so yeah. I'm doing the 90 day coaching and, and you, we've instituted some of these things and we get on our, our once a week call. Is it kind of a, all right, so how's that going? Did you try to institute that? Is it kind of like that? A little bit of accountability and a tweaking and that kind of thing. It's very like, much that. Like yeah. you're in my home. Yeah. Helping yeah. With my life sitting on my shoulder. I love that. What you're describing every young mom could use because you're learning your rhythm. It's your dance for your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time you add a new person into the mix, the dance changes a little bit. And I just think, wow, what a beautiful gift for um, moms. Right. And some, maybe some feel like they're like way out of balance on a lot of areas and some maybe just two or three. Mm-hmm. And I just can't seem to get those two or three. Mm-hmm. So no matter which end of the spectrum you're on, I think you would be such a great help. What a great resource. Wow. Yeah. So cool. So we'll link to your website as well. Oh, it's mamasystems.net. Mamasystems.net. Laura Hernandez. That's amazing. Love that. This has been such a fun conversation, Laura. Thank you. It has so been. Much. I've really loved hanging out with y'all. This is so great. I I just yeah, I know it's gonna take off. I think it's gonna be amazing. So yeah. check out our website, uh, justaskyourmom.com, where we're gonna have Laura's self-care guide and all the ways you can contact her if you want this awesome service. Yeah. 
Um, watch for us on Facebook and Instagram too. And take five seconds, please, to rate and review the podcast and share it, especially this episode with your friends and family, because we know they're going to want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And send us your topic suggestions. Uh, send them to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Mom.